0: Day 14. Day 14. All right, all right, we're starting the book of Exodus, man. I'm so hyped. This is one of my favorite books in the Old Testament. I love um, it. It's so much here, bro, and we really can't, I'm, I'm hurting. I know, hey. Uh, <laughs> I'm hurting, we can't get through it all. <laughs> at some point, I think
1: we just have to stop apologizing and just say, y'all are reading it, so it's yeah. fine. So we, we've we just come alongside to help. All right, very first thing, I, I just want to frame... Uh, what we're going to do here. And it's this one word that we're going to use over and over and over. And so it's important that you get it. And that word is meta narrative. Yeah. Meta narrative. And all that yes. that means is the whole Bible is one long story, right? So you're going to get all these sub stories within it, but it's this one story that takes place. So the best way that I know how to describe it is think of all of the Marvel movies. All right. It started mm-hmm. in 2008 with. Iron Man, and it just got done 24 films later with uh, Avengers Endgame. And what you find out is everybody has their feature-length film. Yes. However, uh, it's all one big story, right? So Exodus is Moses' feature-length film, but it's all a part of God's story, the meta narrative, right? The story of the people of God continues. That's why Exodus is going to start off where Joseph left off, so that we are reminded, one, this story is not about the characters that die off, right? Mm. This story is about the character that lives through the whole thing, Amen. and that is, yeah, God himself. So Exodus, Amen. Yeah. chapter one, the very first thing that we see is, yo, the people of God are here in this town and they prosper, and then they get oppressed. Yeah. And they still prosper, right? Yeah. So it's not like right there's a lot of folks that think that oppression or persecution is the key to
0: prospering, but that's not it at all, right? Yeah, man, bro. It's it's crazy that like it's the same thing today and even throughout biblical history like People God's people don't um flourish because of oppression, but in spite of oppression. Right. 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 So right. they're being oppressed here. And the text is like, yo, they were fruitful and multiplied, right? Yep. Echoing back to Genesis one, Genesis uh nine with Noah, right? Like they were fruitful and multiplied. Right. And they are doing this in spite of oppression. Right. Right. And so, like, what you see is when someone tries to suppress God's people or God's plan. God only fans the flame, my G. Like He only comes through and makes you know His purposes come to pass. And like, like I said, like yeah, like think about today, even today, like in China, right? Christianity is illegal, right? And they have the fast one of the fastest growing churches in the world. So it's been the same thing for centuries.
1: Yep, Exodus three, right? And so I mean, we're just gonna jump back and forth between these four. But that's why God reveals himself to Moses Mm -hmm. in a bush that is on fire, but is not consumed. Moses turns off to the side and what he says is, yo, wait a minute. I'm used to fire burning things, but this bush is on fire, but it's not consumed. And God says, ta-da, like (laughs) I'm here. The reason why the bush is not consumed is because... I'm here. And that's going to be the story with the people of God, that where Mm -hmm. God's presence is, he reverses the order, uh, the destructive order of nature. Fire burns things, water drowns things, tyrants kill people and stop movements except for where the people of God are concerned, right? So, or except where God's interests are concerned. So we... The people of God find ourselves in a world in slavery and bondage, oppressed, whatever it is, the bush can be burning, but we're not consumed.
0: Yeah. So I think one of the things, bro, man, that's so good. Like God is showing his character. Like he's revealing himself even more in Exodus that we didn't necessarily see. We see it in a different light than we did in Genesis. And so even here though, I think it's good. Like even in the first chapter, we have... Pharaoh knows, all right, the people, uh, Israel is multiplying. They're prospering. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, yo, we're going to kill all the young Hebrew boys, right? right? Because we know the lineage goes through the firstborn, right? And they continue to multiply that way. And what you have these Hebrew midwives doing, they don't do it. They don't follow through. And I think the Bible is trying to get at, man, like when we are being oppressed, the most righteous thing to do is to resist Mm. oppression right and God blesses them. He blesses right? this yeah. effort from the Hebrew midwives because they don't fall to what Pharaoh says because right. they they trust
1: Yahweh. You know what mm. I'm saying? Ah oh, man, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. And so God just continues to preserve them, blesses them, and then we'll see that God works in mysterious ways, right? Yep. Um This is what I love about the Bible and why it's why you just look back and say, "Yo, it's so real." Mm. Uh Moses's parents save him, not because they knew he was special and like so, like. If this story was written in our day, and NPR did an interview with Moses's mom, she <laughs> would likely say, "Yeah, well, yeah, yeah." From the time that he came out, I always knew there was something right. special about that Moses. But yeah. that's not what takes place. The text goes on and says his parents saved them because he was a beautiful baby. Yeah, They Hmm. said, yo, he's a pretty one. Make sure he doesn't die. And God's going to use just a very natural, worldly concern of a parent for their kids to save uh, the man who he's going to use to save his people. God works in mysterious ways. Moses prematurely tries to save people, though he wants to do the right thing, he does it in the wrong way and at the wrong time, uh, which is the wrong thing, and what God's gonna do is God's gonna shelve him for about 40 years, right? We remember that in Joseph's story, right? Mm. People know inside they're called to do something, but God uh, requires them to wait or God, uh, the way that God works things out is they've got to wait to fulfill what God would have them to do. But what I love is chapter two ends off verse 24, where it said, yo, God heard their suffering and God remembered them. Right. Remember the memory of God is always about movement. It's not a trivial thing that God recalls like a phone number. When the Bible said God remembers, it
0: means that God is moving towards action on behalf of people that need his help. Yep. So God remembers, like you said, reveals himself to Moses, says, yo, I'm going to bring my people out of bondage because I have seen and heard, they're crying. Right. And so yeah. like, literally we see like, man, like the crazy thing is, bro, it's weird to wrap our minds around because we know the whole story. We know from the beginning, God had promised to bring them out, right? Right, right. But they're crying, he says, because they're crying. So it's like God's like control and sovereignty, mm. but it's also like human responsibility. Like we're supposed to call on the name of the Lord. Right. But he knows that he has plans for his people and promises to fulfill for his people. Yeah. And he rescues them, right? The text right. literally says in three eight that like he is going to deliver them or rescue them and it's so funny, man, I did an assignment and, um, in Galatians chapter one. Paul says like, yo, like Christ, he says, Christ has rescued us from this present evil age. And it's the mm. same word that is used here in the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And so it's just God like, man, He he's a liberator. He wants us to be free. Mm. He doesn't want us to be oppressed. He doesn't want us to be in bondage. Amen. And that's what the main thrust of this book about Exodus literally means going out. Right. The yeah. whole book is centered around the people of God coming out of bondage by the power of Yahweh.
1: Amen. And when people are convinced that God cares about them, they worship. Exodus 4 ends off Mm -hmm. right with people being made aware from Moses that God sees, that God cares. And once they know that God cares, it says they worship, man. And I just think of the world that we live in today, especially, man, at the front end of this civil rights movement mm. that we're in. yo, know, Keith, it really feels like, man, what is the biggest like apologetic that we have for our faith is something that we don't use enough. And that's yeah. taken from the scriptures, telling people God cares about your plight. God cares about where you are right now. Mm. And I think that if we really did that with winsomeness, with good, theology with power and with insight Hmm. i i think that we could have the same experience here where people are taken aback and worship this god who they thought didn't care about them didn't see them in their
0: play yeah and i man i just love that because in exodus 4 like we have this dude moses who is so like um insecure like he just so he seems on the surface like very inadequate he's asking questions what if they doubt what if they don't believe me like i can't speak well all of these things and god is like no no no, i'm gonna do it right i have the power and we just see over and over again that god uses the least likely people Mm. to accomplish his purposes and so Mm. like it's not even to your point like it's not even about us, you know? We don't right. even have to be the most gifted, the smartest, mm-hmm. to know everything, to have everything all figured out. All we need is to be sons of the most high God, Amen. right? Like he says in 422, "For my, Israel is my firstborn, sons of the most high God, trust in the power of Yahweh and lean on him and let him lead us yeah. where we need to be. Yep.
1: Moses constantly asks in his insecurity, God, who am I? Yeah. And God's answer to him is Moses. Do you know who I am? Right. Yeah. Like, Amen. right. And God saying, I am, I am, or I am that I am the way that we grab a hold of what that text means is to realize the most important thing is that verb to be. It is not the tense. When you play around with the tenses, you understand what God's trying to say. Right. So you could say, I am what I will be or I will be what I am right now or I have been what I will be or I have been what I am right now. or What I am right now is what I have been and it's God saying, fam, I do not change. So the most important thing is not who you are. The most important thing that we need to answer is when it comes to God. It's God saying, do you know who I am? And if we do, that's where courage and strength comes from. That's good, bro. Yeah. amen.